0: I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, and a great Monday it is. Here are the Islanders' One of the four teams still standing in the National Hockey League tonight. Game one of their conference final series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The scene now shifting from Toronto to Edmonton. And we will have a preview of the game and the series and everything else coming up on today's show. Including the important question of who should the Islanders start in goal for game one. We've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to come up right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Now, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, a question, a topic, something that you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to send an email to us at lockedonislanders@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind you could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars N Y R V S N Y I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning your New York Islanders. So, you know, who would have thought we'd be here when the season started back in October? If I told you on October first that the Islanders would be in the Eastern Conference Final, uh, I'm sure. 99% of Islander fans would have been thrilled and taken that in just a minute. And I think, you know, one of the best things about it is the way the team is doing it. They are getting the job done, it's a true team effort. Different guys are picking their games up at different times. And really, they are playing the kind of hockey that they really need to do in order to make things work. They are playing the Barry Trot style, shutting down the opposing team. That's when they're at their best. And boy, oh boy, are they going to have to do that against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll talk about the Bolts and what makes them tick and how good they are. And uh, look, this is a team that just a year ago won the President's Trophy this year, second in their division, but again, one of the top four teams in the conference And a team that is always dangerous, even without Steven Stamkos. And the Lightning yesterday made it official that Stamkos, one of the most dangerous scorers in the game, will not be able to play at all in this series against the New York Islanders. So that is at least a small consolation for the Isles. They won't have to worry about Stamkos and what he can do. But. Uh, Believe me, there are plenty of other players for the Isles to worry about. As far as the schedule is concerned, it's pretty straightforward. It's uh, every other day, starting today. So it's, uh, you know, tonight, Game 1, 8 o'clock p.m., Wednesday, the 9th of September, Game 2. Friday, September 11th, Game 3. All of the first three games are... 8 p.m. starts. Game 4, Sunday the 13th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then the, if necessary, games Friday, uh, games 5, 6, and 7. Tuesday the 15th, 8 o'clock for Game 5. Thursday the 17th, 8 o'clock for Game 6, and then Game 7, if necessary, Saturday, September 19th at 7.30 p.m. So, that, that's the schedule for this series, and uh, hopefully the Islanders can keep the momentum going uh, the way they played against the Flyers for most of that series was good enough for them to play with almost anybody in this league. And look, the first question on a lot of people's minds is who should the Islanders turn to in goal? And It's not an easy question to answer. Uh, Tomas Grice has started two games. He has won both of them, and he has played exceptionally well in the other game that he filled in on, even though he ended up losing in overtime. Small sample size, but Grice, basically two wins, one loss. He was credited with the overtime loss In game four, a 1.68 goals against average, a 9.49 save percentage, and the one shutout in game seven. He's faced 75 shots. He's allowed only three goals. Meanwhile, Simeon Varlamov, 14 games played, 14 starts, 9 wins, 4 losses, a 2.00 goals against average, and a 9.21 save percentage to go with two shutouts, and I think at the end of the day, the New York Islanders are going to need both goalies, most likely, to get through this series. I think you start Grice after he played so spectacularly, and Varlamov, maybe he was tired, but he struggled in the last two games, really, that he played, and, you know, I think you have a situation where Grice and Varlamov have really been 1-1-A for, look, remember, the first 37 games of the season, they literally alternated Varlamov and Grice. Grice ended up uh, falling behind a little bit. Varlamov became the starter after that. Uh, And I think that you ride the hot hand. And it's something we've seen... Barry Trotz do so well when fiddling out his lineup, whether it's, uh, you know, when to insert Derek Broussard uh, I- into the lineup, when to uh, put Ross Johnston into the lineup, and when to put Michael Dalcole You know, always it seems like the Islanders are looking for that spark, and Barry Trots has done a very good job of pressing those buttons and putting the right players into the lineup at the right time. So I think they start with Grice, and they will ride Grice as long as he remains the hot hand. If Tomas Grice struggles in game one or in game two, you always have Varlamov, who has been really, really great throughout these playoffs, ready and available, and either one of them. Is capable of carrying this team to playoff wins. They are both very good goalies, but maybe not as consistent as you like, but the fact that you've got both of them means that the Islanders have a good chance of having one of them play well at any given time. All right, we're going to come back, talk about the Lightning a little bit, talk about some of the players that the Islanders will have to slow down, and some of the things they'll have to do to win this series plus our Islanders' birthday of the day and a lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And if you want to keep yourself going strong, have a Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and it now comes in 18 amazing flavors, some with nuts, some, with nut, some being nut-free. And look at these six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Carrot Cake, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Apple Almond Crisp, Can't go wrong with any of them. And that is in addition to the 12 great flavors they already had. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It feels like you're cheating on your diet, but you're not. Built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Let's talk about the coconut almond flavor. 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. So, we've got a lot more to talk about. Game one of the conference finals coming up. Islanders. First trip to the conference finals in 27 years. That means there's an entire generation and a half almost, if a generation is 20 years, that uh, this is the deepest that they remember the New York Islanders ever going in the playoffs. And it's an exciting, thrilling time to be an Islanders fan. But before we get to more of our preview of Game 1, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're going to wish a very happy 50th birthday to former Islanders winger Gino Ojick, who uh, joined the Islanders in a trade with the Vancouver Canucks during the 1997-98 season, stayed with the Islanders for three years through the 1999-2000 season, Ojick originally drafted in the fifth round by the Canucks back in 1990. After playing for the Islanders, he joined the Flyers and the Canadiens, finished his career with 605 games, 64 goals, 137 points, and yes, 2,567 penalty minutes. Uh, Ojick had more than 300 penalty minutes in an NHL season, Three. Different times, all of them with the Canucks. He was a member of the Canucks team that went to the 1994 Stanley Cup Finals. Came to the Islanders as part of the Trevor Linden deal, and obviously uh, Ojik, primarily known for being an enforcer, and but he, you know he also could put the puck in the net. Had some real skill. That 1993-94 season was his best, 16 goals. Uh, That year for the Canucks, and 29 points, both of those numbers, career highs. He had 133 penalty minutes in just 23 games with the Islanders back in 1998-99. We're going to look at one of his better games with the Islanders, October 18th, 1999, at the Molson Center in Montreal, Islanders taking on the Canadiens. And in goal for the New York Islanders in this game. Felix Potvin, while uh, it would be Jose Theodore in goal to start for the Canadiens. Montreal took a 1-0 lead in this game on a shorthanded goal. Just a minute 42 in with Martin Ruczynski in the box for boarding. Brian Savage gets the shorty for the Habs his eighth from Saku Koivu, and it's 1-0 Montreal at the end of the first period. But in the second period, the Islanders get it even up. They get a power play goal of their own. Scott Thornton in the box for roughing. Islanders, Marius Tchaikovsky, his third of the year from Brad Isbister and Kenny Janssen. Tie game, one and one. Later in the second period, Isbister adds to the Islander tally. He scores his second of the year. Marius Tchaikovsky, the lone assist at 15.08. Islanders, two. Canadiens, one at the end of 40 minutes of play. But the Habs even it up early on in the third period. Saku Koivu, his first of the young season from Brian Savage at 7.29. Islanders, two. Habs, two. But then Gino Ojic comes up with his first goal of the year. It is the game winner. Kenny Janssen and Mike Watt with the helpers at 15.08, and it's 3-2 Islanders. Mats Lindgren would add an empty net goal with a minute 12 left on the clock. His second of the year, Tchaikovsky with the assist. Final score in this one, Islanders 4, and the Canadiens 2, Marius Tchaikovsky a goal and 2 assists. Brad Isbister, a goal and an assist. Two helpers for Kenny Janssen, but the game-winning goal belongs to the Algonquin Enforcer, one of the great nicknames in hockey history. Gino Ogic, he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. And again, happy 50th birthday to Gino Ogic uh, as we celebrate his brief tenure with the New York Islanders by looking back at this game from October 18th, 1999. Islanders beating the Habs by a score of 4-2. to All right, let's turn our attention back now to the task at hand, which is taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and look, the Lightning, first things first, you you always, in the playoffs, start with the goaltending, and Vasilevsky has been outstanding. You look at his numbers, 13 games, 10 wins, only 3 losses, A 1.91 goals against a 931 save percentage does not have uh, a shutout yet in these playoffs and hopefully won't get one anytime soon. But Vasilevsky moves very well quick and uh, has good size. You like what he brings to the table and the Islanders certainly need to be aware uh, that it's not going to be easy to score goals off Vasilevsky. Now look, Carter Hart was also playing at a very high level, so uh, the Islanders were able to, to solve him, and uh, that is certainly a good sign for them. Meanwhile, interestingly enough, through the playoffs, the Islanders scoring 3.4 goals a game, the Tampa Bay Lightning only three goals a game, and uh, in the goals against department right now, the... Islanders and the Lightning, you know, both teams kind of dealing with this. Islanders, 1.9 goals against per game. That is tied for the best in the league. Tampa Bay right behind them, allowing only 2.3 goals per game. So uh, it, it's one of those situations where, you know, both teams play very well defensively and. The Islanders, so far in the playoffs, and this may come as a little bit of a surprise, uh, better uh, offensively, rather, than the Tampa Bay Lightning have been. And look, the Islanders will have their hands full. We'll scout the Lightning a little bit, talk about what the Islanders are going to need to do to come out on top in this series. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we are back, and... Let's take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, and right now, their top line playing quite well. Uh, Braden Point is the center, with uh, Andre Palat and Nikita Kucherov flanking him. They are a very, very talented uh, top line point right now, leading all Tampa Bay Lightning players with 18 points, six of those goals. Kucherev has 16 points, he is second on the team, and again, these are players who are very, very dangerous, both at even strength, and on the power play, the second line, Anthony Cirelli with uh, Alex Kalorn and Tyler Johnson on his wings, and uh, that is another tough line. Look, even the fourth line, uh, which is Cedric Paquette, Centering Patrick Maroon and Luke Shen, that's a very good fourth line. Uh, Yanni Gord centers the third line with Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman on his wings. The defensemen, well, Victor Hedman and Zach Bogosian are the top pairing, and we all know how good Victor Hedman is. He is big. It is going to be a challenge for guys like Anders Lee to get position in front of the Tampa Bay goal with a guy like Victor Hedman there. Ryan McDonough, an old foe that Islander fans are familiar with from his days with the Rangers, is on the second pairing along with Eric Cernak, and then the third pairing, another ex-Ranger in Kevin Shattenkirk along with Mikhail Sergachev. So, uh, a very, very deep, fast, strong, big team. Uh not going to be an easy assignment for these guys to actually uh, win consistently, but look, the Islanders know what they have to do. Obviously, they are going to need to get outstanding goaltending. They are going to need to play their game, and the way they smothered the Philadelphia Flyers, and before that, the Washington Capitals, for the majority of their two series against those two teams, that's the same game They need to play against the Lightning. They can't give the Lightning room to make their breakouts, to make their transition game, and can't let them build up speed through the neutral zone because there is a lot of talent on this team. And the penalty kill that worked so well against Philadelphia, the Islanders did not allow a power play goal at all during that Flyer series, at least officially. They have got to keep I mean, they're not going to be necessarily perfect, but they've got to limit the damage that the Lightning can do with the extra attacker because, again, so many players are there. I think they start Grice in Game 1, but neither goalie would shock me if they were to come in and and start for the Islanders. And then, you know, here's another question. Um, Matt Barzal, Beat up really in that game seven. Really showed a lot of guts. Really showed a lot of enthusiasm and talent and and toughness by finishing up that game. He got hit in warm ups. He got hit in game in game five with the stick near the eye. Uh, got hit again in you know from Jordan Eberle's stick. I mean, so many things are happening to poor Matt Barzal, and yet he keeps on playing. And then the other thing is this, and we saw it so dramatically illustrated in Game 7. Uh, the Islanders' defensemen stepping up, pinching at the right time, not getting caught, which happened a little too often in Game 6 of that Flyer series. and And just, you know, knowing when they can gamble and doing it effectively is a big asset for the New York Islanders in this series. Getting their defensemen involved in the play— is a definite advantage for the Islanders, and it's something that takes their offense realistically to another level. So we shall see what the lineup is going to look like, what the Islanders can do. Oh, one other thing: the Fly, uh, excuse me, the Lightning have a very good physical fourth line, just like the Islanders, and I think that it's important for the Islanders' top line and second line, especially to battle that fourth line and not get worn down by them, and at the same time, we know what the Islanders' fourth line is capable of, and they've got to keep delivering. Look, Matt Martin, four goals already in the playoffs. Cal Clutterbuck, yeah, three points, but making so many smart veteran plays, and then Casey Sezekis, great in the face-off circle, uh, good on the penalty kill, aggressive in the check. that fourth line has to keep on clicking, and they're going to need more from Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who has really, really helped solidify the third line for the Islanders throughout this playoff run. So, it's all out there. The Islanders can win this series if they do all the things they've been doing for the majority of the playoffs. One other question, and this will be interesting. The Lightning have been in... Uh, you know, off the ice now for about a week because they had a much easier time in their second-round playoff series. Uh, Does the week off make them a little bit stale or rested? Does the fact that the Islanders only had Sunday off after an emotional and hard-fought seven-game series with the Flyers, are the Islanders a little bit tired? Or are they in the groove, in the zone, and they come out and play effectively and continue the momentum that they've built up by winning that seven-game series. It'll be interesting to see what, if any, effect the layoff has on the bolts and what, if any, effect the lack of rest has on the Islanders, both in Game 1 and as this series progresses. Because, look, the Lightning were in the round robin uh, initially, They've gone through two playoff series since then, but uh, not as difficult as what the Islanders had in that seven-game series with the Flyers. I think this series goes six games this time. I'm sorry, I I can't pick the Islanders in this one. I think Tampa is the better team, but let's face it, the better team doesn't always win, and the Islanders, I think, are more than capable of winning this series, but it's going to take every ounce of effort and attention to detail that this team can muster, and they're going to need great goaltending and smart defense and timely goals. It's possible, and this, you know, this Islanders team can beat anybody in a four-game series, but the Lightning are on paper, at least, the more talented and deeper team. Now, it's up for the Islanders to prove me wrong, and to get their chance to win this series and go to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1984, when the Islanders lost to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and Wayne Gretzky won his first Stanley Cup. So, very excited, looking forward to Game 1 and the rest of this series, folks. We will be here every day, Monday through Friday. Our podcasts drop a little after midnight, around 12.25 a.m., so check us out on your podcatcher of choice. If you're enjoying the show, please spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, other Islander fans, and if you are enjoying the show, you could leave us a five-star rating and a review to help other Islander fans find the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy Game 1. We'll be back tomorrow with a full analysis of the game, and a whole lot more, so stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!